You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat Podcast, where baseball meets Broadway. An attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Break a Bat, where baseball meets Broadway. I'm your host, Sal Malafronte, coming at you for the Broadway Podcast Network. Uh, You know, one question I get asked from time to time is, what do you think is the definitive show about New York? Uh, From a TV perspective, two come to mind immediately, and that's Friends and Seinfeld, uh, both personal favorites. However, I think the former captures a very specific spirit and essence of the this wonderful city that's just so pure that you can't help but still love it as much in 2021 as you did when it said goodbye in 2004. Uh, for me personally, there was a very specific chapter of my childhood where Thursday night television was a real bonding point for my family and I. Now, being Italian, it'd usually start with dad bringing home that LMB pizza from Brooklyn on his way home from work. And after dinner, we'd gather in the living room with our Spumoni to watch Friends at 8 o'clock. And that really lasted for the majority of the show's run. And despite being on the younger side of the typical Friends audience at that time, uh, it really brought all of us so much joy. And my sister and I still quote it all the time. Hmm. Uh, You know, one thing that stands out from one of those nights was the very first time I saw Ross's ex-wife, Carol, pop onto the screen, something she did about 15 times uh, throughout the show's run. And uh, when you have a younger sister who loves the Olsen twins, there were many a car trips where It Takes Two was playing on the old portable TV VHS combo in the backseat. So I certainly knew just how dynamic Jane Sivet was as an actress long before she walked into Monica's apartment. Uh, Obviously, with the recent Friends reunion, it's been so nice to see the second life that the show's taken on. And Jane's certainly a huge reason for that. A little background about her. I mentioned her recurring role on Friends and starring role in It Takes Two. Uh, She also starred in both Santa Barbara and Herman's Head. And in addition to all of her work on screen, she's also a tremendous source of inspiration through Jane's Dancing Hands, which she founded to help bring light and faith to to folks in need of it. And I know we're really going to have so much fun tonight. So with that being said, I ask you all to please turn your attention to Home Plate. Just beyond the marquee, now batting, Jane Civet. Jane, welcome. Oh, Al, thank you so much. What a beautiful introduction. I wish I was in your living room. (laughs) 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 I I would have loved to have sat down with your family to watch Friends. How sweet are you? Oh, well, thank you. It's such an honor to have you here. I mean, speaking of our living room, it was like a very specific chapter, you know, I think like, especially in junior high where screen time was pretty split between Friends, Yankee Games, and It Takes Two, depending on the <laughs> night. So my wow. audience knows that I love this type of stuff. <laughs> I love that. And and it's, it's so funny. You were junior high when Friends began, huh? Well, when it ended, I was in junior high. Oh, my goodness. So you were definitely on the lower end of the spectrum. So did your parents explain what was going on to you there's a lot of racing stuff going on on this show right 
a lot of it was over my head at the time for sure. Like yes. I didn't, I didn't know what they were talking about. Like when Chandler had, you know, went to Joey's Taylor and like stuff like that. But, uh, like there was a lot <laughs> and I didn't even really necessarily understand like the Carol and Susan thing at the time, at least like, you know, I was still in grammar school and that was a big storyline, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then, you know, some of the innuendo with like Monica and Chandler in London, a little over my head back then. But yeah, I, I think the more you watch, the more you start to understand what was going on. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I would have people come up to me and with their children and say they, they were Friends fans. And I would say, um, the mother and me would say, mm, I think this show might be just a little too advanced. <laughs> and, and of course, it came full circle around when my own youngest asked if she could be uh, if she could watch Friends. Did I tell you that story? Have you ever heard this story before? <laughs> no, I haven't. Do tell though. Well, we were living in Hawaii. And so it was having all of the reruns at this time because Violet was born in the seventh season, actually, my baby girl. And so by the time we got to Hawaii, we were on reruns. And she said, Mom, can I watch Friends? I'm like, oh, honey, I don't think so. It's a little advanced for you, darling. And she said, Mom, I'm that last person on the planet <laughs> to see Friends, please. I'm like, no, honey, I'm so sorry. I just you have to wait till it's a little older. And she said, Well, how about you sit down and watch it with me? And then you can explain it to me. And my little wise girl, of course, I'm not gonna miss a teaching moment. So we sat down and began watching Friends when she was 13. And we laughed so hard. And of course, she knew everything, everything anyway, because she was living on the playground, right? Just as we do. But, um, you know, so it, I, that was the, really the first time I had watched Friends all the way to season, season and, you know, year and a half, because I was raising my babies at that time. So I hadn't really seen Friends. <laughs> I had read that you had only watched your episodes up until recently. Yep. Yeah, because the way because I was busy, it's and it, you know it's a bit. Odd. Did you ever work in a restaurant? Did you did you ever wait tables? I was a lifeguard for my uh, summer jobs back in the day, but no, I didn't. So you probably didn't, didn't go to pleasure swimming in your pool very often, but um, <laughs> just just the same thing as I I wasn't. I loved Friends, of course, I loved it and appreciated it, but I was raising my family, and a lot of people don't watch their own shows because it's challenging and you know I, I was a recurring character I was mostly just working and working with my children at that time so but I went back and and watched it and I'm really glad I did it's really funny <laughs> <laughs> I really am glad I watched it now does it, it ever yeah I mean you know you talk about being a day player on the show does it ever shock you in any way <laughs> that your place in its history was still stand so strong well, I wasn't really a day player in the official sense. That would be just the one day, but but it does. But I was brought on only for two episodes. When um, you know, I I had just come home from the hospital after delivering my son. Now you may have known this, and and when I was asked to take over the part that Anita Barone had started, and um, and so um, they said it's just going to be two weeks. So it's okay and no problem. And I said, well, I'm a little sore and all that kind of stuff. And so then um, they said, we'll make it really comfortable for you. And of course, once I saw David Schwimmer in the pilot, they sent over, I knew that I had to do it because he was so brilliant. So getting back to what you asked, if I was shocked, I was shocked that I was asked back for sure. Um, And I certainly 
didn't know that this character would have the influence that it did, but I did know from the get-go, from when I read the pilot script, that it was going to be a huge hit. I just knew. I just knew in my heart. And then once I saw the pilot before it had aired, whew, there was no doubt in my mind it's, it was going to be huge. And by the way, I just want to clarify, when I said day player, I only meant in the sense that you didn't have like a season deal, so to speak. But right. you know, <laughs> nonetheless, though, I mean, like your legacy in the show is still as strong as ever. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that you originally tried out for Rachel. And I guess it was because mm-hmm. of your pregnancy that you kind of like you kind of had to tell them the truth. And like, yeah. listen, I can't go forward with the screen test, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. there. You know, people have twisted that story. And I'm so glad, Al, you brought that up because. You know, there have been people that have, I've told the story and they said, oh, they wanted, you know, Jane was supposed to be the original Rachel. No, I was supposed to test for Rachel, um, like everyone else. And I'm sure I still would have lost out to Jennifer Aniston. But, um, but yes, I had originally read for Rachel and insisted that my agent tell them after they wanted to make a test deal um, that I was pregnant. I was hoping, you know, that the timing was going to be just, just right for the pregnancy, but it wasn't. So. I was grateful. Um, even when I said, you know, please ask them if I could be the pregnant lesbian. And they still said, no, the timing won't work out. And that, and so Anita Brown got that part. And then she, I don't know if you know this and, and that I've heard a couple versions of that story. I believe Anita chose to do something else instead. I think she's gone on record saying that she wanted a bigger part. And so she chose to go elsewhere. And however it happened, I'm really grateful they called me up, even if I was tired from delivering my baby. <laughs> I do remember, at least in the DVD releases, uh, DVD releases, there being an original Carol before you came in. But you yes. were a face that I recognized, though, because you were still appearing on the show, you know, through junior high, kind of like yeah, I said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was, I was through season seven. And it just seems like I was on more than I was because of the reruns, right? Or streaming now. Yeah. yeah. How surreal <laughs> have the past few weeks been? Because I have to imagine it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Because you're you yourself are getting a lot of attention despite not actually appearing in the reunion. <laughs> <laughs> it's been surreal and it's been it's been emotional um to you know to to have attention for for the show again and also attention for not being a part of the reunion. Again, and um, you know, trying to handle that as gracefully as, as possible. <laughs> it's um, it you know, I don't know, Al. You're a guy, so maybe it wouldn't be the same. Do you know how like when prom comes around and everybody's getting asked to you know have a you know go to prom and you're the you wouldn't know this, right? Yeah, I, didn't, I was I never did the asking. So. <laughs> yeah, I never. I was only asked to go to prom once and. And then my boyfriend broke up with me a week before prom. So, so I was that girl. I'm the, I'm the wallflower of all wallflowers. So it should be no surprise that I wasn't asked to go to the family, <laughs> to the friends, the friends reunion, but yeah. You describe yourself as shy, but you're not like, oh. I, I can, I can see that you like, you're confident, you're outgoing. Like, have you shed that shyness at this point? No, I'm actually still pretty shy, but I muscle through it. I do. I muscle through it. Um, I, you know, well, I'm shy. I'm shy at, at my core. I can handle myself in social situations now. I don't stutter as much, but I still, 
will blush. So it's good to, you know, throw on extra, <laughs> extra makeup when people are seeing me because I might blush a little bit. I'm still shy, but I, you know, I, I act my way through it. That's why I became an actress because I was so incredibly shy that I would burst into tears in class and all sorts of things. I, I really, I, I had just a couple of really close friends when I was growing up and I couldn't wait to get home to go, you know, play with my kids who went to the Catholic school rather than my public school. And I had a few, a couple of friends here and there, but it, but about the time that I discovered my first acting class when I realized I could pretend not to be so shy and I didn't have to be Jane, I could be something else. Then I kind of fell in love with the acting idea because then I could just be something else. I think it comes down to just not having a lot of um, self-worth as even as a child, maybe. I don't know. My mom was such a huge personality. And I always, you know, I had that feeling that maybe I wasn't as glamorous or as beautiful as she was. I always felt, you know, that little bit of, she would hate to hear me say this, but I felt a little embarrassed that I couldn't be as, as comfortable in my skin as my mom. So I worked my way through it, through acting. I think there's a lot of actors that are shy. Do you know this? It's kind of a thing. I see it a lot with radio personalities too. You know, like Howard Stern, for example, you know, you go on a show and you say the wrong thing. He'll blast you and he'll put on this big persona, but off the air, very quiet, very subdued, not trying to make a big splash. So I see it a lot, you know, in this medium with the audio side, but yeah, I guess in television too, with different interactions I've had with people, it's because I've become more aware of it as I've gotten older, I think. It's interesting, isn't it? I find it really interesting. And, and even in comedy, too, I've worked with so many people of the comedy world, and they're, they're a little bit shyer, but they they find their their rhythm once they're, you know, with an audience or on camera. Are you tight with a lot of people in show business? Mm, you know, my dearest friends are in the business in different ways. Um, my I don't hang out with the A-listers. I don't hang out with the movie stars and things like that. But I have friends that are doing really, really well in the business. And I'm so proud of them. Now, what about like the big six from Friends? Did you keep up with Schwimmer or Jennifer or Courtney or any of them? Quite honestly, I haven't seen most of the Friends. Well, okay. 99% of of the main cast of the Friends since the Friends rap party. The amazing rap party and where I embarrassed myself because I definitely was um, high on cough medicine because I was, wasn't feeling very well. And I didn't want to cough on anybody. Really unfortunate. Um, but I do stay in touch with Jess, uh, Jessica Hecht, my, the woman who played my wife, Susan Bunch and Maggie Wheeler. Those two are our dear friends, dear, dear, dear friends. I, I was surprised to see Maggie in the reunion and not you. And then the other thing that ticked me off, like I get having Reese Witherspoon on the reunion because she was a part of the show. I, it, it made total sense to me. You know, she came on, did, you know, a little talking head segment there. But I mean, did I need to really see David Beckham or Mindy Kaling? They had nothing to do with it. I, I do think that it was a, a, a wonderfully executed reunion, but I would have much rather have seen people that were actually a part of it rather than just celebrity star power. I mean, like Justin Bieber. I mean, that, that, that was the worst that and James Corden, I could have done without too. They could have, <laughs> g- give me Jimmy Kimmel any day of the week to host an event like that. Well, you know, 
I understand the the business aspect of of why they asked who they asked. And oh my gosh, Maggie Wheeler again is one of my best friends, and I love seeing her. It was wonderful to see her. So of course, and she's also far far funnier than I will ever be, even in my dreams. So it makes sense that Maggie is there. Um, you know the David Beckham and um and uh, Mindy and you know all the others. Um, they come with some major celebrity power. And so if HBO is trying to um, bring in a very diverse audience, this is, and, and people are curious, well, why would these, you know, why would these beautiful celebrities come over to a friend's reunion when they didn't have part? It caused, it caused conversation for people to check it out. So I understand that dynamic. Also, James Corden, he makes perfect sense because the director and executive producer of this Friends Reunion show is his executive producer on the Late Late show. So there's there's that connection. So I so I I began to connect all the little pieces of 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 you know James Corden. I I'm a big fan of James Corden, so I I would I could listen to him all the time. I think he's a darling and um, and all the others. So Justin Bieber, I mean, he didn't even say a word. He just wore the wore the suit. And it was a yeah, funny bit, right? Did he say I anything? Mean, the original episode with the uh, holiday armadillo, I mean, I so thought funny. it was actually brilliant comedy. I mean, I, th- I thought that was just, I don't know, spectacle more so with this part. Yeah. I, did, I loved when Matt LeBlanc, though, recreated oh. his scene where he put all of Chandler's clothes on. Like, that, that is funny to me. So I laughed so hard. And I think it was just a beautiful way to handle the nostalgia and mix it up. I, I, I thought it was actually really inventive. And I, I love the reunion. I cried all the way through the reunion. I really did. I laughed and I cried the whole way through. And I watched it with dear friends and my son. And it was it was delightful to see. I... I thought it was beautiful. You, were you getting flashbacks, you know, from uh, your time on set? Yes, of course, of course. Being on that soundstage, it's it is a magical, magical stage, and and truly, and and Marta Kaufman is a is and fabulously a new a new a renewed friend of mine. You know, when you work together, you're working, you're working, you're not literally hanging out, but. We've had some opportunity just recently just to chat more about about life and and all the things and um and we were I was I've always told her and I'm you know right to David Crane the same way I, I am forever in debt to the high benchmark that they created on that set it was the very best work experience um in in comedy world I want to be really careful because I've worked with some really great people and really great shows. But truly, what they established and how to work together and the work ethic for joy and for collaboration and everyone, all for one, not one for all, it was sublime. And so I have only great things to share about that time. So, of course, I would cry with them for that really magical time. Also, I had did this interview recently where... I surprised myself. I burst into tears. Everyone was talking about how emotional they were. I burst into tears at the end. Mm, I'm not going to do it today. I'm going to try really hard to because this pandemic has been really rough and uh, and rough on me and my family because I'm separated from my family also. So when we talk about all these times in our life, and a lot of us have gone through a lot, you know, politically in the last four years too, and the separation of families over all this stuff that's been 
so, so hard and the animosity and the fighting. It's like, all I want to do is see my family. All I want to do is hug them. And you know, I've got a daughter overseas. My children are, are spread out. And so this bubble of nostalgia and being able to even go down to the friend's pre-show reunion party uh, and to do that pre-show was so emotional for me because I got to hug my son for the first time without a mask. First time, you know, since the, you know, vaccinations. And so everything about that time is just golden and magic. And if we were free, we, you know, we were, we were laughing a lot. And of course, playing a, a character that I did, it was even more pointed that so many um, of the steps that we made back then, we seem to have tumbled backwards again because because of what's been happening in our country the last you know four years about human rights. And so it's very, very tender and very, very poignant. So you can see why, again, going back to, this is perhaps why um, Jess and I weren't invited to the reunion is because um, maybe we're not as funny as what everything else was, I mean, or we were, what they were trying to portray, the lightness. And and, and um, I'm just kind of a, a sappy mom right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit this away. <laughs> Keeping all of it. Are you kidding? <laughs> this will get us uh, back in the New York Post. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just such a, I'm just, I'm so in love with Marta Kaufman and and David Crane and what they created and how they how they ran the show and how the actors, you know, the main six, the friends, the way that Jess and I always felt, the, the way that we felt every time we were on the set, included and honored and respected. Oh my gosh. And how far afield we seem to have fallen. And so nice to be able to just kind of relive that sweet, sweet, sweet time when everybody really honored one another for the, all the right reasons. It wasn't about, you know, grabbing and you know, any of that kind of stuff. It was really for all the right reasons. Everyone was there for love. Everyone, And that's how we played our characters too. We just did it for love, right? Yeah. Now, did you ever do like the mid-20s New York thing? Because I know you did quite a bit of acting out in California, but was that in any way familiar to you? I did. I did. I was, so I was on a sh- my first show after I did a soap opera for a year and a half was the famous Teddy Z with John Cryer. And when we did this show, which was about a Hollywood agent, um, based upon the story of Marlon Brando, it ran for, it ran for a year, political thing again, but, um, but Johnny and I were an item. And uh, so we split our time between New York and Los Angeles. So I did the New York thing in a really a lovely, lovely way. I lived in the village with Johnny. It was beautiful. Yeah. So if that's what you mean, did I do the New York thing? Did I want to be on on Broadway with everyone else? Yes. And I still do. It's still one of my dreams. But I don't know if I can ever do that. Not, not like my beautiful Jess, my wife. <laughs> she does amazing <laughs> Broadway. Didn't she... Tony nomination or did she win? See, I'm so bad about keeping up on everyone's stats for a view from the bridge. bridge? I think she would have gotten nominated. We can look that up. I don't, I don't believe maybe she, maybe she did win. I I think she got a Tony nomination. Yeah. She probably did. It wouldn't shock me. Let's see. Jessica had Tony nomination. How about you? Do you like the musicals more so than the plays? I know you did a little bit of directing as far as, you know, West end plays, but I did. Um, I, uh, I love every bit of, I love every bit of theater. 
I love it. I, I, and um, I, you know, I, I came out the last time. Let's see. Let's see. What did I see? I mean, I would, before the pandemic, um, I, Jess had just done some, a show at the Lincoln Center. I'd seen her in Fiddler. I mean, I come out, I come out to see her shows. <laughs> Tony nominee Jessica Hecht, as we just confirmed in our. Yes, there uh, you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, someday perhaps I'll get there, but it just didn't work out. After Friends, I went off to Hawaii for seven years, and so they need an old girl. I'm not a singer, um, but uh, someday perhaps I will just get 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 a little shot. Isn't that funny? I had that's a, still a little dream for me. Yeah, because your one of your first shows, like in school, was Hello Dolly, wasn't it? Yes, it was. This was this was the show that that helped me get more brave. You're so sweet. How did you even find that little fact? Did I did I write that down someplace? Have you been going through my journals? We have a secret stash of information <laughs> that we make available for my Break of Bad episodes, you know. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I try to know my stuff or else I wouldn't be sitting here with you if I didn't, right? <laughs> you, you know more than I, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you, do you strictly get recognized from friends or, you know, you mentioned doing the soap opera thing. You have some pretty rabid fans. Is it always because of Carol or do you know those Santa Barbara fans still come up to you? Santa Barbara fans, because it, it also internationally it played at, for nighttime television um, in Europe. So while we were doing that show, it was a nighttime show. It was a nighttime soap opera in the, in the ilk of dynasty in Dallas so before you were born. But, um, I, Herman's head or, uh, was for those, <laughs> we used to say that was the second sitcom on the Fox network right after married with children. Yeah. That's what that. And that was kind of an iconic cut and another bitch by day, slut by night kind of, um, <laughs> <laughs> character. <laughs> I was playing a lot of mean characters before I played Carol. But oh, like Clarice, right? <laughs> yeah, Clarice, Cla Clarice, another fabulous character. And then I ripped her off for another movie called Au Pair. So I have, I have a, a an interesting following. I can always tell by um, the age of the person who knows me, except for now, friends, it's kind of changed that algorithm. Um, but I could always tell what. what I said. Oh, you were. It takes two fans, so you must be about. 29, 30, 31, 32. 31 in July. All right. Yeah, don't get eight. to 32 yet, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> when, your birthday's coming up. When's your birthday? July 12th. When's yours? Uh, November 28th. But my mom's is the 13th and my dad's was July 11th. So I love these cancers. No wonder you turned out all right. Yeah. Your yeah. parents were born at the right time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. And for you, I'd say... You know, yours is right in the heart of the holiday season. It's like a yeah. kid. I used to get bummed because my birthday would always fall like during summer vacation. So when right. you'd have your birthday party, not everybody could be there and stuff. Yours is right during the heart of the holidays. And uh, I share it with that, a turkey. Yes. Yeah. You've probably fallen on Thanksgiving quite a few times, actually. Many times. And and my but the best, best birthday ever was when my daughter was born on my birthday. My baby, my baby Violet was born on my birthday too. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, I, I'm a big birthday celebrator. I love. Are you doing something fun for your birthday? I, just, I know it. I'm in. Yeah, no. Are you, yeah, yeah. You, by all means, if you want to come, I'm having a bunch of friends out to our uh, family <laughs> summer home that oh. weekend, which will be fun out in West Hampton, and um, oh. it'll be a good time. Yeah, it'll be like seven or eight people, a couple of spouses coming along, which will be fun. That sounds great. I might have a surprise party for my mom. She's turning ninety. 
80 this year. God bless. 93 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do I sign? I know. That's that's, she's going to love that though. And it's so great because I bet last year you couldn't do anything together mm-hmm. because of this pandemic. No, we, we had a socially distanced party. The four of us did. Whole so, family yeah. still in Cali right now, Jane? No, we're all kind of spread out. We're spread all over the place, but don't tell anybody a surprise party for my mom will be happening. Well, I heard she's a big break about listener, but we'll, I'll ask uh, Hendershot to edit this part out. Then it gets. So let me ask you that. I, you know, you love acting. How tough was it to just pack up and go to Hawaii when you did, you know, to start that, you know, spiritual journey that you did with, uh, I guess it was what, more than a decade and a half ago. Am I right yeah. with that timeline? Yeah. It, you know, it just clicked in and it just felt right. And we just began to get all sorts of signs and messages. And when your life suddenly becomes magical in a completely different way and you think, okay, well, it might be a good time. We knew, my now my former husband and I, we knew that if we didn't go to Hawaii at that time, we always knew that we would go to Hawaii at some point. When we, when we got married, we said, we're going to be in Hawaii at some point. And, which, and we just just felt like if we don't go now, it's not going to happen because our eldest daughter only had three more years of high school. So just, you know, we can go three years, five years, however. And and so it was hard to leave where we lived in Topanga. We had this beautiful ranch, felt the, the, the beauty of this land so powerfully. But when we got to Hawaii, we, we knew that we needed to be there. And, and, and more and more things began to um, it's interesting. I want to say it's like I'm looking at a knot and it's untangling more and more things smoothed out for us to see and to experience. And it, it was a big, big ride and it still is. It still continues, but like, we kind of knew. Long story short, yeah. <laughs> we knew. <laughs> yeah, It was hard to pack up the ranch, but it was good to accept a whole new life in Hawaii. Oh my goodness. It's so beautiful in every way. So like therapeutic. Now, were you like a big, uh, were you big into like meditation or your Christianity, you know, before you went out there? Was that like something that was, you know, just completely out of left field or something you were kind of familiar with? You know, I, I was definitely raised with Christianity. I had the Bible backwards and forwards. It was really important to me. And then when I, uh, I, I just, I guess when Ruby was born, my eldest, um, I was introduced to uh, getting together for with women. A goddess circle was the first time that that my mind kind of exploded. My friend, I went to her house and she had crystals. I'm like, what is that? Those are so pretty. Look at these rocks. They were. I should show you like the, the this whole side of this wall is all covered in in crystals. But you I had no. Oh. Yeah, we have a bit of a collection here. I have. I had no idea. This one's really pretty, Let's isn't say. it? Um, <laughs> Epic. For the had, folks know who can't see in our audio-only format. <laughs> yeah, I know. We have so many things. Um, but I had no idea what any of that stuff was. And so I, I, I began opening up and began getting together with women and, you know, trying new things and began realizing in our storytelling world that we're all there. We're all in under this 
one sky and I, there were more messages coming through and I did not know anything but that we needed to get together and start talking to each other from our hearts, no matter what faith, or if you were had faith, had no faith whatsoever that we really needed to share our stories and go, go deeper than just what has been written years ago, we had to go deeper into why we believe what we believe, where we think we've come from, what's your story, if you align with somebody. So we had this this crazy first circle of people coming, dress up as the, you know, as your favorite goddess. I'm like, I don't even know goddesses. So let's go reach, you know, see what is it that 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 calls you? Do you feel stronger? Do you feel softer? Are you for more of a, you know, a Venus than a, you know, a, an Athena warrior. So it was an interesting beginning of a conversation and went on for for years um, of women getting together. Lots and lots of actresses were coming to these circles, but we didn't know each other as that. We were just there as women talking around the bonfire of what we were going through, bringing our babies, nursing our babies at these. And so when we moved over to Hawaii and things began to open up and I began to see things and hear things and, um, and work with these people, I was asked to produce documentary films for people that don't call themselves healers, but are definitely connected with the bigger picture in the healing world. And I'm thinking, what is this stuff? This looks crazy. This is all mumbo jumbo, but wouldn't it be great if it were true? And so I said, well, let's check it out. Let's let's meet, let's see what happens. And then my dad became very sick. He went into hospice. And so I had this conversation with my dad. I said, you know, I'm going to do this film. What do you think? And he said, well, I don't, you know, I don't believe in that. I'm you know, Episcopalian. We don't, we don't believe in that. And I'm like, yeah, but dad, but what if it were true? And what if you could feel better? Would you want me to like pray for you while I was there and filming this? Would you like that? He goes, well, if you do, let's keep it a secret. And so I did. And within two weeks, my dad was out of hospice and he was clear from his cancer where he was given less than a month to live. And so I'd like, wow, okay, there is something else going on here. I know the power of prayer for sure, but there's something else going on here and I want to know more. So I ended up producing these, I was asked to produce these tours, these live tours and beyond the films. And so I began being immersed in all of these people that were coming and like, I'm not comfortable with this guru stuff. I'm not at all comfortable with that. I, and, you know, and that could be someone worshiping a priest, whatever it is. I'm not comfortable with that. But what I did realize that every person that came to this person and to the other people I work with, they were really brave and they were really there because they felt something when they were in the room. And I felt something too. I felt tremendous love and tremendous peace. So when that collaboration broke apart and I worked with another person um, and then another person, I was getting lots of information from all the people that were coming to these events and watching the way these people worked. Like, I don't know how they do it. And I don't want to do this. This was, this is not what at all what I want to do. I really would like to go back to being an actress. I (laughs) I think it's much more fun. This is hard work. I would like to go back to being an actress where someone tells me, here's me, gives me the script, shows me what to wear, tells me how to go because I was super shy still, right? And I'm going out there and presenting these people. And then one of them touched me on the head and suddenly my hands started to dance and I felt peace like I'd never felt before. And I just went, oh, if everybody could feel this, there would never be any more war. There would never be anything. 
And then people began feeling something when my hands would move in front of them and my hands would move spontaneously. And I said, I don't really know what this is, but I believe um, that source, God, creator, whatever it is that you call it, is trying to let you know that you're loved, that you're healthy and or whole, or you're going to be okay. There was like all this reassurance that was coming through. And then people began to feel better. People began to heal. I've had some stories that when I, when I first began, I just, I went very gently and I made a lot of apologies. Like I am, I don't, I, can't, I don't have definitives here. I'm not here to preach. I'm not here to tell you to believe in me or to believe in anything. All I know is that my hands are doing their best to let you remember that you have this connection with source, God, creator, whatever it is that you want to call it, and that you too can find other ways to meet and connect. So to get back to your question, did I meditate? I didn't meditate. I prayed. Um, and so when my hands danced and then my body began to dance and then my then this vocalization started to come through me, like, oh my gosh, I'm so shy. I'm already a weirdo are you kidding me? And then people would come and they would start talking in what some people call light language. Some people call tongues. I'm like, Oh my God, if, if any, if you do anything, please don't give me the crazy voice. And of course I got the crazy voice, you know, and of course that's <laughs> coming through. And so it is like that my whole journey has been a journey about being humbled and pushed forward and humbled and pushed forward and humbled and pushed forward. And so all I know is that Whatever it is that's coming through me is not me because certainly Jane's never been trained. That's why I don't call myself a healer. I was never trained. Doctors are healers. Nurses are healers. Massage therapists are healers because they're trained. I wasn't trained. This is just something that spontaneously began. Um, and so, and there are a lot of people that have also said, um, is this okay that I'm talking a long time? <laughs> Please do. You've got okay. the floor. All right. There are a lot of people that have said, oh, so I should follow this person and this person and this person to do this. I'm like, no, I, I would never say that because uh, I don't know how this began. And I had this one huge person in the spiritual community begin calling me day after day after day after day. And he said, you have been saying that this happened at this point in time, that this happened on Mother's Day weekend, 2015. He said, let me just tell you, for a gift, the way that you have a gift coming through you, this is something that, that was born in you. And it had to have its proper blooming. It had to have all the right ingredients for it to come forward. And maybe it was a trust of you or, or something. But because I, I always looked at it as like the, the, the straw that, that broke the camel's back and that, that it had to puncture something in my being so that I could allow it and have trust. And I think perhaps seeing the world and seeing so many people hurting and, you know, broken bones or cancer, whatever it is that I've been blessed to be able to be a part of their healing spontaneously, sometimes really fast, sometimes right in the room, sometimes a month or two later, sometimes working with doctors, oncologists I will work with, or ER doctors or nurses, or just right there on the spot for myself, I will work with people. Because I've seen this and I, I know that whatever it is that's coming through me um, is real. I stop apologizing now. It would be like 
you know, being given a gift and keeping it in the back of your closet just because you were afraid of being a dork, um, you know, or, or having that that special gift. And I wish somebody someday will remind me. I'd read this quote once, and I thought it was from Hebrew, some Hebrew text, some the Talmud, or, or um, some were saying maybe Kabbalah, that it is the biggest dishonoring um, of God's gifts to be given a gift and not use it, and not use it, to, to like throw it away. It is so disrespectful. If you are given a gift, you are supposed to use it, and of course, graciously and not arrogantly, but you got to use it. Otherwise, why would you, you know, it's just like if you get a gift, you, you worked really hard for, you know, a gift and you give it to your, you give it to your, your sweetheart and your sweetheart says, I don't want that. You know, can you imagine? So anyway, I'm just, I feel really grateful and honored that I get to see the miraculous up close. Can I tell you one more thing? Of course. So you're Italian. Did you, were you raised in the Catholic tradition? I was. And, so I went well, to yeah, I, guess I still identify as Catholic. I don't mm-hmm. follow all the rules, but yeah, still yeah. identify. Sure. I, I went to Catholic school. My mom is Catholic. My brother, my sister are Catholic. We were raised in the Episcopalian church. We had a little falling out with the church, but you know, but I still was like, I got to find church. I got to find God. God's, I know he's here and he's there, you know, everywhere. And so when I first told my mom, I was really nervous. And, um, and she said, oh, Jane, oh, Jane, we're Catholic. We believe in miracles. My, the, you know, my mom just immediately blew the, the, the lid off my fear that, okay, so some people get this. Some people understand that it didn't just have to live back when the Bible was written, the, the beautiful, the miraculous. It does still go on, and I'm not the only one to have those beautiful things come through them. I'm just one of many. You so. know how much I love that you use your platform the way that you do, Jane? <laughs> like as you said, you shouldn't hide your that gift that you have in the closet because it it needs to be shared. You're a light for people. You know how you know how important that is. A lot of people would would be afraid, especially someone in your position. So I give you major props. Well, thank you, thank you. I just, I I know that there are many people out there who are afraid to be who they are and and or afraid to use those gifts that they have also. And I get it because we've seen a lot of meanness in this world. And and, and, this, and the entertainment business has been so mean and so cruel to so many people. Uh, the, the press has been so mean and so cruel to so many people. And I think that m- more of us who have, a, have a, even my humble little platform, if we were just to say, you know, we can do this together, hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder. We can do this together. You be you. I'll support you. Just be nice to me. Let's be let's be nice to everybody. Can we all just like agree, you know, just to do our best and use the gifts we have? That was one of the things. So I get, you know, in the evolution of this dancing hands, we're going to try to call it something else because it's more than hands. It's voice and movement and... um it, the hands don't know. I mean, the hands are dancing now. They can. Are dance. They're dancing, talking to me right now, and break a back. Yeah. Would you like to feel a little bit? I can. I can dance for you, and they will, and they do mudras and all sorts of things. But it is. It is more than that, and so we're trying to bring up something new. So as as we're talking about the evolution, it's constantly changing. All that I do is constantly changing, and we've been doing these 
um, you know, these dancing hand circles where, yes, you know, 300 pound, 250 pound people will suddenly go down light as a feather on my finger to the ground because they need to receive in a, in a gentle way. And, and some people may walk out of there that have, you know, have had a frozen shoulder for a year and their, their arm goes up or all sorts of things. And if, if we all knew that the miraculous was, was right here and around the corner, I think that we'd all have a little more hope in the world too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's stopping so hard. You, you come from a very nice spiritual background. I can feel that. So I'm seeing more things. Wow. So it's that means funny a that, lot coming from you. Yeah. That well, you well I, I mean, I, I you know, know, I definitely, I'm proud of my, you know, religious upbringing, but I do, you know, as I've gotten older, I definitely identify as more spiritual than anything else. Than religious. Know. Yeah. 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 It's good. I can feel that sweetheart of yours and your sweet soul. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Maybe Thanks, I'll come to your party, your birthday party. <laughs> you've got a parking spot reserved if you want to come. Jane. <laughs> I'd love to. I've never, you're in the, you're, you said the Hamptons. That is, is the that? family's home. I'm based in New York city. And yeah. this is, I was lucky because actually my mother's boyfriend's nephew is getting married that weekend. So most of oh. his family and her, you know, and my sister and all them, they're all going to be at the wedding. So I'll have the Sweet. house to myself and, uh, and have, oh, you know, a good seven great buddies that I've stayed close with from high school and, uh, two oh. of their, one of their wives and one of their girlfriends. So. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I've never been to the Hamptons. So it's a good Someday. getaway. It's a good yeah. getaway. Did Fire no. Island, yeah. Fire, <laughs> Fire Island, you got to take a ferry. That's the only thing with Fire Island. You could you could drive right on the LIE to get to West Hampton, which is nice. Where's your, mm -hmm. you know, actually, this is going to be a question yeah. for the game that we play to wrap every oh. show. Okay. I was going to ask you something, but I just realized we could do it for Fastball Derby. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, so we have a little bit of a baseball backdrop here. I want you to picture yourself in the batter's box, ninth okay. inning. Um, a chance for the audience to get to know you a little bit better. All right. I'll ask you a question. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You're an epic storyteller, so feel free to uh, throw some of those in there and um, <laughs> let's swing away. How does that sound? Sounds great. Let's do it to it. Now, uh, picking up on what we were just talking about, what is your favorite vacation spot? Ooh, vacation. Uh, I lived there in Hawaii, but I still say Hawaii is my favorite vacation spot. I was, our, our, We have a family cabin too, but I can't tell you where that is. <laughs> yeah, as I, and now my audience knows where our family getaway is. So uh, for the uh, people that are, are part of our usual audience, um, just uh, don't, don't look leave me, me alone. Up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no stalking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, favorite New York City meal? Meal? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's got to be pizza. Greatest baseball game or sporting event you've ever been to? Little curveball there for you. Mm, well, we used to have season tickets to the Oakland A's when I was a child, <gasps> the, but I wouldn't be able to tell you who I, I like any time of any part of that. Oh, 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 that's really hard. One of the games from, was it like, are we talking like, uh, I guess when I was it a, been like early, late seventies, early eighties, Oakland A's seems like, uh, correct. Like Raleigh Fingers, years. yes, Raleigh Fingers. Wow. Okay, How I was trying to piece you it together. Even, you weren't even born. I wasn't. No, that's amazing. I am so impressed. My <laughs> mother would be so. My mother is a hardcore baseball fan. So yes, both cancers. You know, honestly, I think that yes. that's 
Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, season tickets. And I also remember a Giants game where a firecracker blew up in my face. Um, you wouldn't list that on your favorite sporting event that you've been no. to, though. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? Uh, you could be the lead in one Broadway musical. What is it? A musical? But I'd have to be able to sing. In, in this game, you can sing. You can sing well. You can sing in the style of any actress that you admire, you know, or how you fancy yourself singing. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's so hard. That's a hard one. Because I'm, mm, come on, Jane. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I want to go. That's a classic. What is my favorite? Sound of Music. I'm such a fuddy-duddy. I'm such a fuddy-duddy. I know, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be it. You're a California girl. Take it, yes. you know a thing or two about America's band. I would like you to rank the following three songs in order of preference. Sloop John B., God Only oh. Knows, and Wouldn't It Be Nice, the big three on the Beach Boys Pet Sounds album. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wait, okay. So it was, wouldn't it be nice would be number one, but what was it? What were the other two? God only knows and Sloop God John B. Yeah. Uh, God only knows is number two. Okay. I know that third one. What is that one? We come on the Sloop John B. It's, it's a, it's a folk song about being trapped on the Sloop John B on a love, a love song album filled with angst and anguish and, Love and heartbreak, and yeah, then they start singing a folk song about being on the Sloop Jumbie. I am going to have to look. That's a Beach Boy song? Pet Sounds album. Track seven Get is Sloop Jumbie. out Jambi. of here. I am disappointing myself. Thank you. I will. I have new music to listen to. <laughs> I prob- it'll probably come back. You can, you can keep singing it to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spare you the trouble, Jane. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, okay, how about this one? Um, Fact about Jane Sivet that would surprise people the most. Oh well, we did. Did, did we talk about the the shyness? I, I the, guess that would surprise people the most. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Or or it could be the dancing hands. That's pretty shocking. Well, that was that <laughs> or, was a revelation. Sure. That was a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> or the admitting of it that it's yeah. It, it, it still it shocks people. It's 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 complicated, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it makes all the more sense after some of the stories that you told tonight. So you're good. Um, How about this? Team Derek Jeter or Team Alex Rodriguez? I like Alex Rodriguez, but I think Team Jeter. Team Jeter. Good. That's the right answer. Okay. (laughs) Okay, good, good, good. (laughs) I, 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 yes. We're true Yankee fans here. Um, Uh, okay, so we've got summer underway. Your go-to ice cream truck treat. Oh, oh, well, I don't even know what you would call it, but it would be the ice cream bar with a chocolate over it with a little almonds crunchy in it. What do you call that? Wait, not the drum, the drumsticks were the, no. the vanilla ice cream. No, oh. not with the cone on it, but it's on a stick. It's I, ice cream bar. It's got the, it's chocolate and it has little tiny, tiny crunchy almonds. I think I know what you, not the toasted it's, almond pop. Is it? No. Kind of, maybe kind of like that, but if you think of like a Hagen Dazs bar that's got coffee ice cream in it, that's even a step better. You know the oh. co- you know the Hagen Dazs bars with the chocolate, the chocolate over shell? it. Yeah, 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 and then it has the little crunchy. Yeah, that's it. It's Love my that. favorite. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> Proudest moment of your career. Proudest moment. Of- 
Ooh, that's a big one. You know, I have never been asked that question. Proudest moment of my career. I think it would be accepting on behalf of friends an award from an organization um, about with, with gay families that was presenting an award for yeah, it's not it wasn't like the GLAD Awards, but this one was more important because it was for families. Because this man had said to us as I was accepting the award that if I had had Carol and Susan as my role model when I was growing up, then I probably wouldn't have tried to kill myself so many times. And that's when it all clicked in. And as a new mother, you know, wondering what my life might be like for my children and for this man to say, for his children to have role models like Carol and Susan, he was so, so very grateful. And so, and it's not even, it's certainly not like getting an Emmy Award or Academy Award. And it was truly on behalf, it wasn't for an acting. It was literally, just to be a part of that moment where we realized that there was a ripple effect to make it easier for people to live and to live with love and honor and dignity. And lastly, best piece of advice anyone ever gave you. I've had so much good advice. Go for your dreams. Uh, that's that's what my my mom's was always like. Go for your dreams. Live for your dreams. Do that, and um, be humble. Be gracious. Be kind. Jane, you're awesome. I cannot <laughs> thank you enough for coming on. This is like this was an absolute amazing episode and amazing chat on every level. It really mm -hmm. was. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. I'm so grateful to meet you, Alan. I will find you in New York when I come. I will be the stalker girl that will be <laughs> wandering <laughs> the streets. <laughs> you take me out to your favorite meal. As, oh, I would okay. like to have some pizza. All right, I, I could I could show you the the stuff that only the locals could show you. How does uh, that's the one condition? We're not going to go to like the touristy spots. Though, no, okay? I would never want to do that. Authentic I, stuff I, only. <laughs> yes, yes, please. That would be wonderful. Thank Jane, you so much. You're the best. Thank you. And uh, for all the folks at home who may want to connect with you on social media, where's the best place for them to find you? Well, Instagram. Even though I'm not verified. For some reason, I guess Instagram. After this, you will be. <laughs> okay, thank you. I would love to have Jane submit Instagram. I'm trying to be verified. I it's like the nut that I cannot crack, and I hear that's important. People say that it could be anybody. I'm like it's me. How do I let you know it's you me? Don't need validation or verification. You, you're I, you. And thank you. Thank you. I thank you very much. Yes, it's me. It's me. I would love to connect with people there. I actually do talk to people there. So. Yes. Thank you, Al. Thank you oh, so thank much. Thank you again, Jane. And um, thank you to everyone in our audience for listening to Break a yes. Bat tonight. This is Al Malafrante signing off for the Broadway Podcast Network. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. 
visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.